Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri featuring Anthony Rosa and Tor Bear. Let's take a listen. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's Akash Weekly Twitter Spaces. I'm Nadia Bajuelo, Community Events Manager here at Overclock Labs. I hope all of you guys, whether you're listening now, watching later, are having a great morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever it is you're joining us from. As always, thank you guys, the amazing Akash community, for your support and amazing work. This week was filled with exciting announcements around the ecosystem. Greg will fill us in on those, but... um, Meanwhile, the insiders have continued cooking up community goodness, including guides, and they've been busy doing testing. Also, a special thank you to Praetor and their partnership in the development of the new Akash EDU program. Thank you, guys. Keep deploying. Keep spreading the word about Akash. Keep doing what you're doing. We've got two ways that you can get involved with this amazing community right now. First, do smash those emoji buttons to show Greg and our guests we're enjoying the time they're spending with us. Second, send in your questions for today's AMA segment. Get your questions in on today's spaces by requesting to speak. We'll then bring you up so you can ask your question. But once on stage, we do ask that you please remain on mute and we'll call on you when it's your turn. If you can't unmute or you're in a different time zone and you listen in later, no worries. Send your questions in on Twitter by replying to our Twitter spaces thread in advance or during the spaces call. And remember, you can always send your questions ahead of time on Telegram. We've already got a few. Thank you for those guys. Um, Also, if you request to speak, we see you and we will bring you up. If we don't bring you up right away, it's probably because one of our guests is speaking. Um, But we see you and we will bring you up during the AMA. Here are some things for you guys to check out during the week. So last week, we had an incredible spaces with regulatory and compliance experts with insight into what the Web3 world can expect and do to prepare. Check out the replay here on Twitter or on the Akash YouTube channel. It was such a jam-packed episode. We didn't get to everyone's questions, but as promised, we did not forget. Marty OG, you asked about the Mask and Akash partnership and the Chia and Akash partnership. Head over to YouTube for the replay of the spaces with both Mask and Chia for all the details. Once there, social media manager Joe has got timestamps for you. We'll save your mainnet four question for the AMA today. We've also got one other question left over from last week and we will get to it. Join our community on Telegram and Discord. Tomorrow on Telegram, Blockpain joins us for an AMA at 9 a.m. Pacific. 300 AKT for the best questions. Over on Discord, look out for quizzes from Andre every Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific with 200 AKT and rewards and five winners. And this Friday on Telegram and Discord, we have a reading competition with a 200 AKT prize pool. Above my profile pic here in the Spaces room is the second post and head of product Daniel Murti's blog series. Check it out, Building the Open Cloud Part 2 at akash.network slash blog. While you're there, check out even more articles put together for you guys by our very own Zach Horn and keep an eye out for the next blog post in the series from Anil coming soon. Get started deploying on Akash and check out our documentation by visiting docs.akash.network. For a little bit more support on your Akash journey, the best place to go is our Discord. Insiders and others are ready and waiting to help you guys. Also, you can watch our technical program manager, Alani Kuya, walk you through your first deployment on our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, and tap that bell icon. 
if you want to spread the word about Akash and help the project grow, learn more about becoming an Akash Insider at akash.network slash community. And we've also got an amazing grant program for those of you who have an idea for a project on Akash. For the details, check out our YouTube video on Akash Accelerator and visit akash.network slash akash-accelerator. With that, let's get started with today's spaces. Greg will kick us off with updates and news. After updates, we'll give you guys a full introduction to our guest today, Anthony Rosa, project lead at Moultrie Audits and Tor Bear, founder of Secret Foundation. During our guest segment, we'll be talking to Anthony and Tor about the recent Department of Defense Bravo Hackathon. We'll move on to a short panel discussion with both our guests and Greg on institutional partnerships in Web3. And we'll wrap up with an AMA with Greg and our guests. As mentioned, we'll give a proper introduction and welcome to Anthony and Tor just after updates. But for right now, let's hand it off to the man of the hour and CEO of Overclock Labs, Greg Osuri. Take it away, Greg. Thanks so much, Nadia. Great to be back for another episode of Twitter Spaces for Akash Network Weekly. Uh, today, we got a jam-packed uh, spaces. So I try to keep the updates as quick as possible. And I mean, I really want to get to and spend time with uh, with with our uh, with Anthony Rosa and Thor here, our amazing uh, friends. So the first big update is Mainnet 4. We are due to launch Mainnet 4 in three weeks. It's looking really good so far. Uh, we completed all the testing. Uh, we froze the primary code. We're currently testing upgradability. Uh, as you all know, the main bottlenecks for Decentralized networks is upgrading, so we're trying to simulate it as close as possible so we do not have issues on game day. Uh, if this goes well, we should put a proposal by next week um, that will indicate the binary and the signature for validators to go, to go update um, the, the network. So if all goes well, we should have mainnet 4 uh, in production in three weeks. This is the first instance an open market for IP addresses is ever uh, launched. So I'm super excited for it. This adds discoverability to Akash Network. So far, we were able to, uh, you know, we had three other main nets and our first main net was a foundational, which added security to, to the Akash blockchain. And then um, the second was a functionality where you could actually trade for computational resources for the first time ever in an open setting. And third was the uh, storage uh, layer we added in mainnet 3, um, where we could do unbounded storage, so network storage. And fourth is discovery. Our next is going to be GPUs. So we're getting very, very close to, to GPUs. Uh, and um, and uh, we, I'll be speaking um, at Decentralcon um, next in Miami next month. If you're around, come down and say hi. I think this is around the same time as Art Basel. Uh, we do also have a discount. Uh, friend, F-R-E-N 30 for a 30% discount. Go to decentralcon.com. If you're in Miami, I'd love to see you. Um, we had a few ecosystem updates. Um, Coin Mafia wrote a really cool article about uh, five tools to... Five useful apps for, for Cosmos, go check it out. Uh, it's on our weekly update thread. It talks about why Akash is important in Cosmos ecosystem. Uh, and we have our friend, uh, Dimokos, uh, who's uh, been you know very, very active. He went and deployed uh, HyperSign, and HyperSign uh, looks like he's going to be using Akash, and they are pretty happy about it, uh, according to their Twitter. So HyperSign is very interesting. It's a ZK... Um, uh, a decentralized identity framework. Uh, it's something that I always kind of thought would be cool to have a way to verify your identity without showing your credentials. So it's really cool to to see um, you know uh, uh, the verification done through a zero knowledge proof. Uh, I'm really hoping to maybe even use this project one day. Uh, check out Hyper uh, Sign, another Akash ecosystem partner. Um, Dimokos also deployed uh, made network nodes on Akash. He wrote a, a really cool guide. Go check it out. It's on our weekly thread. Luna for Go, um, our our amazing uh, contributor who uh, who um, created the Terraform plugin, 
For those of you that don't know, Terraform is a orchestration framework for the cloud that's used by 80% of the cloud today. Uh, if you want a repeatable or automatable way to provision and unprovision cloud resources, uh, Terraform is a go-to. Now with Terraform, you can use Akash. So you can have Akash uh, infrastructure coexist with your other infrastructures like Google or on Amazon, or even migrate uh, simply without uh, you know having to do a lot of work. So Luna or Go wrote a beautiful guide on how to migrate. It's on the forum. Go check it out. The link is in our weekly update thread uh, that we posted last night. Um, lots of, uh, I mean, uh, Praetor has been phenomenal. They've, uh, you know, uh, they've, they've started a new Web3 educational program. Uh, go check it out. It's on our uh, weekly thread as well. Uh, teaches you how to, uh, you know, how to get on Akash and how to become a provider and a whole lot of goodies. And uh, um, with that, I'll be wrapping up all the Akash-related uh, ecosystem updates. We do have other Cosmos updates. Uh, you know, Excel Core, uh, XLR Core uh, announced the Interop Summit uh, for Web3 Builders, our friends there. So go check it out. I think it's on, uh, when is it? It's in Feb, I believe. So go check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, and uh, Passage introduced uh, Nostraga, a hip-hop martial arts festival hosted on Package. This is really cool. Pack I mean, Passage is a uh, Akash ecosystem partner. They're, they use Akash, they deploy Akash, so really go check out their uh, festival. With that, I'll move on to our introducing you our guests, Nadia. Thanks so much, Greg. Yes, so our first guest today is Anthony Rosa, project lead at Moultrie Audits. Anthony is a former unmanned aerial surveillance Marine Air Ground Task Force electronic warfare officer in the United States Marine Corps. He also led the deployment of an application directly supporting the evacuation of over 123,000 refugees during Operation Allies Refuge. He led the integration of three AI apps supporting DOD activities in hostile environments and received the Navy and Marine Corps Achievement Medal for work done with the NSA in early 2022. Most recently, the Akash and Secret Network app won, well, actually, we're going to let Anthony tell you what it won over at the DOD Bravo Hackathon. Welcome, Anthony. We're so excited to have you. How are you today? Hey, uh, thanks for having me. It's great to be on a Twitter Spaces. I think this is the first Twitter Spaces we're doing with Akash. And excited to talk about the application and with Tor. Awesome. Hopefully the first of many more. Today, we're also welcoming guest Tor, founder of Secret Foundation. Tor is the founder of Secret Foundation, an organization dedicated to scaling Web3 privacy solutions to global adoption. He has been working full-time to grow the Secret Network's ecosystem since 2017. Tor has worked as a data scientist at organizations like Snapchat and Spotify and was previously a professional derivatives trader and market maker. He holds an MBA from MIT and an economics degree from Brown University. Welcome, Tor. So excited to have you as well. How are you today? I'm wonderful. I'm joining from the Secret Network account. Uh, my personal Twitter is just my first name, last name, but I encourage people to follow both if you want to hear what we're up to in our ecosystem. And super excited to be joining the stage with Akash and uh, obviously the Moultrie team because they built something, something amazing. Awesome. Thank you. And guys, be sure to give his personal account and the Secret Network account a follow. Before we dive into the Department of Defense hackathon, I want to give you both a chance to tell us about your respective projects. Anthony, let's have you kick us off. Can you please give us an overview of Moultrie Audits? What do you guys do? Why do you do it? And can you give us a walkthrough of your roadmap and tell us where you are on your roadmap today? Yeah, sure. So Moultrie Audits is a child organization to Moultrie Cryptography, and it focuses on infrastructure auditing, sort of the auditing arm of Moultrie Cryptography. In that subset, obviously, our focus is Akash. So the purpose of auditing on Akash is principally to attest to provider performance and security so deployers can make educated decisions about their deployments. It also serves to help Akash open up to more serious deployers who may be subject to regulations. 
you think like healthcare or government involvement. Ultimately, we believe in a decentralized open web and think Akash plays a key role in that. So for our roadmap, we have a lot of concurrent activities uh, going on. We also build smart contracts. Obviously, that's what the uh, hackathon app was. So we do smart contracts for funds, sometimes for cryptocurrency companies, sometimes for grants, and sometimes for the government. We have active projects in all of those categories currently. Uh, for the Akash-specific side, the next item on the roadmap is going to be adding basketed audits to the tiered audit system. So we have pretty high demand for the lower level audits, but don't get much demand for the highest level audits. And part of the reason is we sort of bucketed every single regulation together and you don't necessarily need all those. So if you're going for healthcare, we can now target the industry better with HIPAA, GDPR, high tech, et cetera. And then we might be able to leave out some things like NIST uh, if they're not going to be related to the government. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anthony. Tor, shifting over to you, can you uh, get us pumped on Secret Network? Give us an overview of Secret Network, what you guys do, why you do it, and also walk us through your roadmap and tell us where you are on that roadmap today. Sure. Uh, so Secret is an entire layer one, right? We're also part of the Cosmos ecosystem. We actually entered the Cosmos ecosystem back in February of 2020 with the launch of our mainnet but the roots of the project are pretty old. We're, we're based on foundational privacy research that was done at MIT back in 2015 by Secret Labs founder, Guy Ziskind. Uh, that underlies everything that has been built on the network since then. And it was a vision to merge privacy technology with decentralized systems. And today, Secret is still the only layer one blockchain to have privacy preserving smart contracts live on mainnet. So expanding what's been possible before, which is generally just transactional privacy, maybe moving some value privately from one place to another. It's interesting and it's, and it's useful, but it's about a hundred times less useful than providing an entire private computation platform that is also distributed and decentralized and usable by anybody in the world. So yes, we're private by default as a network, but we're also fully permissionless. Anybody can be deploying or using applications directly on the network. And because we're part of the cosmos, we do have a huge focus on interoperability and allowing other chains to connect to secret and our solutions. So we do provide privacy as a service. That's our vision to every other blockchain in existence, starting with the cosmos, but we also have connections live to a lot of EVM ecosystems and uh, a Monero bridge, for example. There's a lot of different ecosystems that are trying to connect with secret as a privacy hub. And on our roadmap, we recently just uh, did our second of three Shockwave upgrades. This is the Shockwave series of upgrades because we have fun branding. Most of it starts with us. And uh, this was Shockwave Delta. We had Shockwave Alpha back in May. This is Shockwave Delta that we just completed. Uh, and that in allowed us to launch uh, Cosmwasm 1.0. It laid the foundation for token transfers cross-chain. It's laying the foundation for interchain accounts and privacy as a service across the cosmos. So all of those features are coming live over the next quarter. We also announced at Cosmoverse, where Akash had a great presence as well, we announced uh, Secret 2.0, or at least we announced the announcement of Secret 2.0. Uh, so there is a very aggressive roadmap that's being considered so that we can keep our market leadership on privacy solutions. So people should stay tuned for that. We're going to have a lot more announcements coming out about Secret 2.0 and our vision towards this future over the next couple months. We've been in the space as an ecosystem for a very long time, as I said, with the roots back in 2015. Uh, we intend to be here for very much longer, and we're willing to do whatever it takes to ensure that we are still the market leaders in providing these extremely necessary privacy solutions. We also have a number of people in the audience today from the Secret Agency, which is one of our uh, community programs, vastly successful community programs for engaging people all across the ecosystem and on multiple continents and dozens of countries that come and engage with the protocol, help us spread privacy education internationally at universities, et cetera. Um, I'm sure they would love to come on stage and share their perspective soon as well, because I know some of them actually are familiar with the Multi project directly. So if they put their hands up, I'd love to have them on here later as well to share their perspective. Uh, but in the meantime, that's where we are on the roadmap, Secret 2.0 upcoming and all these Shockwave upgrades, lots of dApps launching such as Shade Protocol, uh, live dApps such as Sienna and Stash, uh, and a lot of other things that you can explore in the secret ecosystem. Uh, we're very proud to be a mainnet ecosystem. And that's why you can build things like Moultrie 
because this is mainnet tech. So we're, we're thrilled to be up here on stage with somebody else uh, who very much prioritizes having pragmatic solutions in production, which is the Akash team. And I see a lot of parallels and overlap between our ecosystems. Amazing. Let's move on to the story behind the DOD hackathon. Before jumping into the details, though, Anthony, can we begin with some background on the Bravo hackathon itself? What is the Bravo hackathon series? So uh, the Bravo hackathon series is named after Project Bravo, which was held in the 1920s to disprove the importance of air power and uh, specifically in naval air combat. It clearly showed the opposite opposite, which was that planes are actually really good at sinking ships. So sort of a funny beginning to the Bravo hackathons. There's only been two Bravo hackathons. They're the brainchild of the Air Force's chief digital transformation officer, Stuart Wagner. And the intent for him is to show the government essentially, like, we have a bunch of data. It's not just that we need to collect data. We need to actually use data effectively. Um, so there's a bit of a rebellious spirit in the, in the Bravo hackathons. But basically, they give programmers who are selected uh, a bunch of classified data, and then they present you with a list of solutions that the DoD needs, and they give you a bunch of time to try and figure it out. Uh, in Wagner's words, Bravo One was likely the most complex and largest data and software innovation event in Department of Defense history. It was really well organized, really well supported by some of the most important people in DoD technology development. We had 16 judges for the competition, dozens of, of guests from the DoD who came to see the presentations. And uh, the final presentation was to the three-star general who's the deputy commandant for Air Combat Command. So a lot of good eyes on these projects. Uh, so that's sort of what Bravo Hackathon series is. Take a bunch of classified data and figure out how to make a solution that the government is looking for. Amazing. And a bit of an unexpected origin story for it there. So, Anthony, how did you get involved in the Bravo Hackathon and what drove you to combine Akash and Secret as a solution? So my military background is a lot of tech. I uh, enjoyed giving you the full MOS title, which was that huge thing of unmanned aerial surveillance, Marine Air Ground Task Force, electronic warfare officer. Uh, <laughs> but I was also a Link 16 unit manager, a TAD with the NSA. Spent a lot of time at Platform One, which is the software development integration arm for the DoD. And the Marine Corps is a pretty small community. It's the smallest branch in the military. And Marine Corps tech is very small. It's just not the focus of the specialized littoral combat force. So I had already established a bunch of connections with people familiar with this event and people who were helping to set up this event. Stuart Wagner is also uh, a big crypto guy himself, the, the guy who set up uh, the hackathon. And his wife works at Andreessen Horowitz. So we were already sort of familiar with him. Uh, the MAR admin dropped. And uh, from there, we were just off to the races. MAR admin being like when the Marine Corps puts out an official statement about something that's going on or guidance uh, passing to all Marines. So we chose Secret and Akash um, for a few different reasons. When you're given 100,000 gigabytes of unformatted classified data, you know, most people are going to make a machine learning tool to try and make sense of it and build an application to visualize this data and predict data so you can take action in the future. And that's perfectly fine, but we didn't see the government as doing that effectively for new data being presented. Like that was a retroactive application to build. So we wanted to address some of the root causes of the unused data so that way in the future it wasn't analyzation in the future it was we don't have troves of uh, classified data that people won't be allowed to touch for a bunch of years and then you hold a hackathon to do something about it uh, we do have to be like a little bit vague about the exact way we implemented the program but essentially what the application does is it compresses data and it's a way to send distribute and then destroy uh, cryptographic keys, which are used for things like uh, radio systems, ballistic missile systems, uh, the different logins to computer systems, stuff that runs the actual drones themselves. So you have to plug in a key to actually have the drone go places and do things for specific missions, and they're good for specific time periods. So that's what the application uh, does. And Secret was a, really the perfect choice, one of the only choices for transferring information that need to be private 
while offloading infrastructure requirements to a third party. Uh, it's also, we know how to program in Cosmwasm, so it's a, it's a fun use case for that. And then Akash is a great solution for using government systems to access the application through a proxy address, which is your wallet address, without needing to build any new product. So you get the benefit of the cryptographic uh, parts of the application being exported to secrets infrastructure, and then the actual access, access of these different programs you can use with your own systems if you're the government, but sort of protect your identity quite a bit. And um, we see a lot of good things in the future with Secret and Akash. Specifically, one of the things Akash has talked about for a while is homomorphic encryption, allowing providers to host different deployments. Uh, and what homomorphic encryption is, it allows you to, to do compute on things without actually needing to see the information itself. You can do, you can, uh, do work on encrypted data, which would mean like providers can touch your deployments. And uh, with Secret 2.0, homomorphic encryption is coming. So when that does drop, we at Moultrie plan to make some contracts to have Akash deployments leverage the homomorphic encryption of Secret Network. And then that way it's going to offload uh, a lot of the technical requirements for the Akash team. I don't know if that's going to be something uh, Akash is also going to do, but whatever secret launches it, I think that's going to be a great partnership for Secret and Akash. Awesome. Anthony, your participation in the hackathon was full of accomplishments. Could you share some of those, like, for example, what awards were won? And if you don't mind, could you share with the Akash community some of the systems and deployed environments that are running on Akash still as a result of the hackathon? You've, you've given us a little bit of a taste of some of this, but could you just elaborate a little bit more? So the app won first place for most tactically relevant for maintenance data and second place for most tactically relevant for cyber operations. Uh, there was three categories related to data. So we got first in one, placed second in the other, and the third one had nothing to do with the application we were building. So it was a good showing for us. We were approached afterwards by the A29 Tech Innovation Office. Uh, like the denominations for military departments are a bit weird, but in the Air Combat Command for the Air Force, like A29, that's going to be the tech side for, for that. So it's kind of the office when you're presenting to the Air Force. Uh, they want us to continue development on the product. And uh, as far as if they're actively running the application, I have no idea what they're doing with it right now. But we are in the process of negotiating the way Moultrie can move this over to the NSA. There's a full intent to move it to the NSA to make it operational. That's going to come with a lot of things. I mean, there's strict ethics laws in the uh, government. And so like, we run a validator on Akash. Um, we own a lot of Akash. So all of those details are going to need to be worked out before this thing goes live. And um, yeah, the, there's just a lot of details to figure out, but there is progress being made at, at the speed of the government to, uh, to make this, this product operational. However, the demonstrative use case was enough to convince uh, the Marine Air Wing, second Marine Air Wing, which our Marine Corps unit was a part of when I was active duty, which was very recently, to begin moving over acquired sites and information to Akash. So we submitted a bunch of documentation about how Akash works, and uh, we put up the first website, DoD website running on Akash, and the government requires each military unit to have public access, like for the unit itself, uh, to various information. And that's usually held on the isolated computer network at the unit. But we made a website where it's a client-side encryption. So it's the encrypted file is what's actually stored on the server for Akash. And it's not, it's not decrypted over uh, the server. It's decrypted on the client side. And now the Marines can get access to all that information. So that website's running Akash. Ma has intent to move other sites over to Akash. Once again, the big selling point of that is it's not on AWS anymore. It's not going to be on Azure. It's going to be on the military's own systems. We'll be running it ourselves. We'll essentially be paying ourselves to run it. And um, the specific information about that provider uh, will be able to be concealed through, through the wallet address. 
Amazing. And I like how you put that, the speed of the government. <laughs> um, Tors, uh, shifting over to you for, for a moment here. What's your take on utilizing Akash alongside Secret um, in the way that Anthony's described in a control environment? How do you see Akash and Secret combining in similar environments at scale, maybe even a global scale? Yeah, first of all, it's so awesome to hear about some of these things that I know have been discussed as use cases for years, actually winning hackathons and crushing it. It is so cool to hear. So big props and, and congratulations again. In terms of how Secret and Akash can be working together or utilized together. Uh, so first of all, I should emphasize that every time we speak publicly about secret you know i'm talking about privacy and i'm talking about decentralization because that's kind of what we're at the intersection of and i make the point that decentralized solutions really require privacy to do the things that they say that they do they say that they protect users they're more empowering they do all these services but realistically for them to do that they need to be able to provide privacy to the users that are operating with these systems if they're completely open radically transparent systems there's very few use cases that can be served by like fully transparent technologies that are decentralized. So we always say decentralization needs privacy. But when you flip that around, we also see that for privacy solutions to be useful, sustainable, empowering, all the things we say they are, they really do need to be decentralized. And as much of the stack needs to be decentralized as possible. We really require that privacy solutions be decentralized and not held in trust by like centralized organizations or having centralized front ends or any of these other things if we want them to be useful. We're seeing this already where things like Tornado Cash, where it's open source code that's deployed on a public blockchain and governments still are really arresting developers without published cause, right? Privacy and various freedoms are already actively under attack. The best thing that we can do to protect these sort of human rights is to have more decentralized freedoms. And as we're kind of hearing on today's space, realistically, governments do understand the value of privacy. They do understand why sensitive data is sensitive and needs to be protected. And they do understand the value of decentralized systems and sustainable systems and distributed systems that are more robust. They understand all these things. Privacy is not incompatible with governments. Instead, it should be embraced. Uh, so what we're trying to do, with Secret at least, is ensure that we are building a future where instead of seeing governments going after people who are building privacy solutions in these critical technologies, they're winning hackathons, right? They're getting rewarded for building these kinds of technologies and getting them to global scale. So that's our vision. I think it's Akash's vision as well. And where the two really interact is we want to remove, right, all of this dependence, if we can, for example, on front ends for privacy preserving dApps on the network. Uh, and we already have, I think, some applications on the network that are building cross-chain like this, uh, like Laura Mipsum is using Akash. Uh, partially for their front ends. And I know that Bushi is looking into the same and other various secret dApps are, are trying to do this, again, for their own sustainability and decentralization because privacy needs decentralization. Decentral needs, decentralization needs privacy. And also having hardware decentralization is important if you're going to have global applications. If you're going to have things that really scale to global use, uh, they're not really global use if all the computers are located in a single data center somewhere in Southeast Florida or in AWS West. So these are things that we think about on a daily basis, right? People need to be building in every area of the stack. Where Secret's expertise is, at least on the blockchain development side, our expertise is all around in providing uh, privacy solutions. And as they're pointing out, we have a roadmap that takes us from where our privacy solutions are today, using a lot of secure enclave technologies to where we're going tomorrow, integrating things like FHE, MPC, zero knowledge, in conjunction with our existing solutions, and having this whole constellation of privacy solutions available uh, and then combining the solutions with networks like Akash that are providing other critical decentralization functions. Suddenly we're seeing the full decentralized Web3 stack come into focus. And as we're seeing that can serve not just individuals, but institutions and governments and global organizations, all of which kind of require these same solutions to be available. My personal perspective is I'll only be happy if this is available to everybody. I don't want only governments to have the capacity to build and deploy these technologies. But it's clear from the fact that governments are expressing and you know, Department of Defense is expressing there's a need for these kinds of technologies to be available. And we already know that individuals need these kinds of technologies to be available in order to empower them. I think it's safe to say that 
we've already found product market fit with this stuff that between Secret and Akash and combining even more decentralized networks with them, we're already seeing demand for what's been built. And we're proud to be part of the that small coalition of blockchain builders that are building things that are truly globally useful and not just built for speculation. Thanks, Tor. Um, Anthony, this collaboration was a relatively long process. How are you able to coordinate with Akash and how do you envision continuity? Yeah, so uh, we have weekly meetings uh, with Alani, who's the Akash team's technical program manager, where we talk strategy, cooperation, direction for both of us. We're working on a separate project too with Praters. Uh, so we do a cost stuff with them and not a cost stuff with them. So there's pretty tight uh, coordination correlation between us, the Akash teams, and even other Akash partners. Um, so that's never really been an issue. Continuity wise, there is a lot to figure out that I alluded to earlier, just because, you know, it's a, it, you can understand how if we build something on Akash and we own Akash, it could come up and then we there's announcements about Akash, you know, we do Twitter spaces could come across. We're just trying to pump our bags and we didn't choose it because it's the best technological solution when really it's we're we use it because it's the best technological solution. Uh, and we're perfectly happy to cooperate in, in whatever we need to do in regards to our assets uh, to continue development uh, to make this operational. Because that's important for the, the safety of people in the military. And just in the spirit of meritocracy that the government is using the things uh, that are the most effective solutions to their problems for the taxpayer uh, and for efficiency's sake. So uh, beyond that, uh, development adoption in our minds takes precedence and we intend to see it through. For people who haven't worked in government before, it is a very slow process. So that hackathon article had very sparse information if you read it and took months to release. So like if 500 words takes months, you can imagine a full stack app involving classified material, uh, how long that's gonna take to have information public about it and things like that, which is a bummer for us in the sense that most projects can just put out something whenever they make progress and you, you can show a, a GitHub repository. Uh, we made a smart contract one we alluded to earlier with Prater and it took a month and, you know, we told a bunch of people and that's just not the speed that things happen in the government. So it might seem like well, we're off for a while, but it's not because work isn't being done. It's just that's how things go when you uh, work with the government. So we'll keep people updated to the best of our abilities, but just know there's, there's just a lot of things you can't say in the meantime until it gets declassified unless you want to go to jail. <laughs> no, don't want to do that. We'll definitely keep an eye out for updates. But I think even you being on here, and this has been a, a long-awaited story, and hearing about it now will give us a better idea of what may be going on uh, behind the scenes. And we'll definitely look forward to to when things can be released and, and discussed. Um, Tor, Anthony, we'll be closing our guest segment here with what's next for you guys and where to follow you and all that. But first, I'd like to hear your thoughts and Greg's thoughts on institutional partners in Web3. And Tor, you've, you've actually begun to touch on that. Um, big question, is there a place for institutions of state, Web2 and Web3 to coexist while still protecting privacy and self-sovereignty? And if you believe that there is, do you see any risks with public-private partnerships between institutions of state and blockchain companies? Um, Taurus and Secret really prides itself on privacy and self-sovereignty, and you've kind of started to touch on this. Let's start with your insight. Yeah. I think the challenge, which is already being touched on uh, by the Moultrie team here, is is the timelines that these kinds of organizations move on. Like it, it's really just that the the frequencies, the vibration frequencies for these industries move at different rates. The state moves at one pace. Traditional uh, organizations, like outside the technology space in enterprise, move at another pace. Tech companies in Web two move at another pace, and Web three moves at the most insane, fastest pace of all. So it's really tough to align priorities and stakeholders between these organizations uh, over and remembering that this has really only been an industry for about a decade. Really tough to align those stakeholders long enough to get something done beyond a pilot program. I think this is the first year where we're really seeing enough continuity and enough understanding 
to even start doing the things that we were talking about maybe half a decade ago. And I said that we have roots in our project going back to 2015. In 2016, we were trying to sell enterprise privacy solutions. And essentially what we were told is that no one was ready to trust this crazy blockchain technology or these crazy privacy technologies. And at the time, that was probably true. A lot of the people that in enterprises were very responsive to our messaging and our product pitch around that time left the enterprise space. And now they work full-time in Web3 as founders. I, I know many of them in the Cosmos ecosystem. So until we have stakeholders at these traditional organizations who are just as educated about these technologies as the people who are leaving these organizations to build them, it's going to be tough maybe to align interests long enough to get things done. But again, that's improving. That understanding is improving. Obviously, the need is only increasing. Awareness of the need is only incre increasing. Uh, in general, I think that's the main blocker. I think everybody universally cares about protecting privacy. I think at least their own privacy. I do say sometimes the government loves privacy, just not necessarily yours. And then in terms of self-sovereignty, I, I think that that on an individual level, we all feel that even at owner, even though at an organizational level, we may not always feel it. The individuals in those organizations do understand what it feels like to be empowered, to, to have the ability to consent to something. Um, so I, I am encouraged. I do think because people universally share these values, I do believe these kinds of public-private partnerships are possible. Uh, I just think the challenge is less on that ethos side and much more around just aligning timelines, stakeholders, and incentives long enough to see things get done. Greg, Anthony, anything you guys uh, would like to add? It's a really good way to put it. And this is amazing. I mean, I'm just sitting here and taking down notes and just like reflecting on everything Thor and, and uh, Anthony has been talking about. Our public partnerships, public-private partnerships, uh, it's it's very, very interesting, right? Like, uh, I, I guess it's not, but but I think it's, it's an interesting observation to make that, you know, at one hand, you have... Um, you know, Department of Treasury that basically banned a smart contract or, or a decentralized application. On the other hand, you have another branch of, uh, of, of the government embrace uh, decentralization. So I think it really comes down to like, it's not embracing decentralization as a whole. I think it's like embracing uh, or acknowledging applications, right? The clear rejection uh, from the state about finance Right. I mean, privacy and finance, but there's clear acceptance uh, for privacy when it comes to communication. So I think it's not I think it's very important now for us to decouple uh, just like the Internet. Just because you use Facebook doesn't mean uh, it's similar to using an Uber or Airbnb. Right. There's just completely different things. Internet is just a means uh, to the end. End of the day, it's what the, the end really that matters. Right. So. Similarly, decentralization is a means to an end. The end is the application of the decentralization. Or Teak Secret uh, clearly demonstrates that, well, you can have privacy built into this inherently open network and, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, and guarantees of sovereignty, right? So it's very, very, uh, very interesting observation. And now we're getting into this, like, uh, mode where things are getting very serious. I talking to several large Fortune 50 companies, um, all of them actually having dedicated Web3 teams or planning to have a dedicated Web3 teams. I think this uh, bear market is going to be great for us uh, overall uh, because it's a lot less noise and a lot of the tourists left and it's serious builders that have strong convictions stick because there's no more money, right? So when you talk about pumping your bags, you know, if, have, if, if that was intention, you know, this announcement would have come during a bull market, right? So now there's nothing to pump. It's pure adoption, pure use utility. None of this news is going to make any dent in any of the prices, right? So I'm actually kind of glad uh, news like this comes out, real adoption comes out in a bear market because you can actually focus on what is really happening, right? And this is a clear embrace. I mean, it's a clear indication that, hey, you know, a, you know, a use case for Akash is like, hey, if you have hardware lying around and you want to use the hardware yourself, to deploy applications, it's really hard. I mean, setting up, you know, if you think about it, setting up a, a deployment platform 
that has a federated uh, and homogenous way to deploy across your hardware is actually very, very hard to do. Right? Even though you deploy Kubernetes doesn't mean you get the deployability. Uh, by using a cache, you can have the deployability. Today, the government, I mean, I mean, DOE spends billions of dollars for Amazon to have a sovereign deployment platform, uh, which can be replaced by an open source system, right? So open source is clearly winning here, and that's the story. Uh, and uh, and uh, I mean, that's the story that is going to, I think, matter when it comes to uh, large enterprises and, and, and institutions are coming. I mean, I know this is this 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 thing we've been talking about forever, but I think uh, people are getting uh, this next bull run is going to be mainstream adoption. And we started to see that come about uh, very quickly. So I'm super excited to hear these amazing stories uh, and use cases we always talked about, like Thor was saying, use cases we always talked about. And particularly interesting, interesting in, in, in uh, the Shockwave, uh, sorry, the, the um, security.o with IBC um, and with, uh, sorry, with uh, interchain accounts. Now we can think about secret deployments, something that I always wanted to have, but couldn't really you know, get to. Uh, with new IB, with interchain accounts, a secret account can directly deploy a cache without needing an Akash account, uh, which is fascinating because you know, everything you do on Akash is public. Uh, adding privacy uh, to 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 deployments has been uh, you know a, a thing that I always wanted. So, and with Akash, you know, eventually supporting you know secure enclaves in the future, I think you're going to be um, you're going to be able to run secret nodes as well on Akash. So, it's going to be a very amazing future, right? So you can have and with, with GPUs, you can imagine like, you know, secret deployments that can do that can do machine learning, and you I mean you get into all kinds of possibilities in, in not you know not so distant future. So I'm sort of super excited for protocols uh, that can interoperate with each other. It's always been a dream of uh, crypto, and now we're seeing that uh, as a real possibility. So I'm super excited. Anthony, anything to add? Yeah, it's uh, everything I was thinking. Was kind of touched on, which is sort of funny. Um, but just to piggyback off of what Tor and Greg said, in my personal experience, like the government is still quite suspicious of blockchain. Uh, they enjoy it when they can use it for something, um, but there's still like that lack of understanding of why it has to be a blockchain. And um, I'll say the government has always used and developed privacy technology. If you think Tor came from the Navy, I mean, the internet in general w was uh, used uh, early development of the internet. The military had a lot to do with, and um, so it's just hard to know because, like, I am not the DoD. I'm not the Marine Corps. I'm one person in it, and the government is millions of people. And like Greg said, the Federal Reserve, Department of Treasury, is not the DoD. The DoD isn't the Department of Education, and they constantly fight with each other. Even the branches of the military fight with each other about what direction to go. So how all the drops of water in the tide uh, form and where the tide goes is very hard to predict. I agree with Tort that it seems like the government likes to maximize its privacy and minimize the privacy of U.S. citizens. And uh, ultimately, though, there's, there's no way to stop governments from using open source technology. So like, even if the government had the most malicious of intentions, like, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, so might as well might as well embrace it and try and win them over through expressing the utilities of this. And why the government acts in a tyrannical way is a question that's really outside of technology and more into philosophy anyways. So, you know, Web3 companies that are open to engaging with government probably be looked at with less suspicion generally, but no guarantees. Libra uh, was taken down, FTX is getting sued now. And those are companies that are quite cooperative with the government. So it's just difficult to know. The DoD is not. Uh, yeah, it's not a lawyer either. To, to see like how this adoption happened, right? Like you are part of the Marine Corps, and Akash doesn't have standing sales teams to go target the Marine Corps. The fact that Akash and Secret were able to get them on Zoom, Secret doesn't have standing enterprise sales teams, right? So, or Secret Foundation. So, I mean, the, the fact that you're able to get to a Marine Corps, the fact that you're able to have this kind of like network effects uh, oriented adoption is, is key. And that's why I think we talk about blockchain and all that, I mean, from a technology perspective, but also from a societal standpoint, 
the permissionless interaction uh, essentially removes friction from interaction between parties, between counterparties. So, and that enables, you know, like adoption like this, right? So people that believe in the in a decentralized future, that people that share the values of decentralization uh, with the projects that implement them, are are inherently uh, vested to take uh, to to spread the philosophy, right? So, I think adoption is going to be not a corporate based adoption. It's going to be network based adoption, right? And that's why I'm super bullish, and that's that's very key. And and why decentralization? Because of this, it's just spreading these value systems uh, at internet scale. So yes, I understand. I mean, co companies, I mean, governments can be suspicious about uh, decentralization because I feel like they don't fully yet understand decentralization. And this is a first-hand experience. So we are actually, uh, we'll be announcing very soon, but the Web3 Working Group that um, that we established, we, we helped found to uh, with several other protocols to decouple uh, Web3 and really expand understanding of Web3 beyond DeFi and NFTs, right? I think Web3 is much bigger than that. So, um, so, and and so that we don't get embodied into this, like, hey, you know, for, for government, DeFi is basically uh, for that fintech curado, right? That's what they're, they're, they're going, they, they think it's unregulated, it's, 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 it's a wild west, which, you know, to a degree it is, right? So, so it, it's inherently, uh, you know, it's it's understandable. They don't really trust, right, uh, Web3 yet. But I think what we're doing from like a, a policy standpoint and collectively with other protocols is also key. Um, and what you are doing from educational standpoint, all of us are doing from educational standpoint is going to be even bigger than a lobby-based approach. So I'm, I'm very bullish. Yeah, short term, it looks painful, but over the long horizon, which we are here, uh, you know, for the longest horizon possible. I'm super bullish. With that, let's get our AMA opened up for questions for Greg, um, Tor, and Anthony. Um, from Telegram, we have somebody asking, um, what about plans for the U.S. Department to run providers on Akash? Um, if they use providers run by people, wouldn't there be possible leaks of information? Yeah, so um, sort of talked about this uh, earlier, but uh, it's, you know, just to be very specific in terms of the department, I can only speak for like the people I work with. So not trying to make general claims about the entire DOD, but second ma, yes, uh, definitely the intent to run their own providers. And I would envision that would be the, um, the trend would be to, for the DOD to set up their own providers. Whisper Node, welcome. Go ahead with your question. Hey, what's up, guys? Um, so I, I've talked to Moultrie a little bit about this idea. I actually have um, 10 years of experience as a contracting officer for the Navy. Um, and this use case is super exciting to me to kind of see two worlds that I've been involved in um, collide. So my, I guess my question is um, mostly for Anthony, and he, he kind of answered one in that he worked for Platform One, um, and that is like, what is the biggest challenge you think working with a government organization on a, on a new technology like this? For example, I've worked with the authority to operate um, requirement for a long time for software as a service to the government. And I know how painful that process can be. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, you know, what you think the biggest challenge is there and how you think an application or any crypto application might be able to pass those NIST standards and get that authority to operate. Yeah, so there's a lot in that question. Uh, obviously, at Platform One, we also issued ATOs. So um, in my opinion, the most difficult thing is the continuity aspect because like, we have a ton of data. Right? We, we have so much data that we literally can't use it. And it's, we don't even have the people there anymore who were on the systems. Like there's data about how many times somebody twitches in, in an airplane or if you shoot a bullet, how many times will the person twitch on camera? I mean, it's just like crazy amounts of random data. And the, the pilots aren't there and those air, aircraft are deprecated, and et cetera. So like we funded a lot of applications and we 
like I worked on 17 different applications when I was at Platform One. And it's just like how many of those are actually going to be used for a long period of time or how many were built for one instance. And then another team came in with the wonderful new idea through AI, ML, blockchain, words on it. And uh, yeah, I, I think the continuity aspect is tough. In terms of ATOs, uh, though, for different crypto companies, the biggest thing, in my opinion, is having somebody who like is familiar with the connections uh, in the government. That is like so massively important because then it's not just the technology. It's the person on the team knows exactly what's going on. Like when we presented at the hackathon, like everything's foreign to these people. You say like, this is a Cosmwasm contract. Like they're like, what the hell is Cosmwasm? You know, um, on top of everything else that that's already foreign. So having people inside the government uh, who know you, I, I think is key. But also companies like Platform One, or not companies, but like, Things like Platform One are, are really crucial on the DoD side to speeding things up because we were able to authorize ATOs in days when it, it usually takes a really long time. That flight tracking software for Operation Allies Refuge was something that happened in under a week, uh, which is unheard of for, for the government just because we were given essentially full autonomy when the government needs something to happen, actually needs it to happen, then they just let us go. And the paperwork's handled on the back end. Does that answer the question? Yeah, I was thinking about like the Fed ramp process, which takes like 18 months. So <laughs> the the platform one thing is awesome. Uh, I guess I had a follow up like, I don't know if there's time, but I guess it would just be, do you think that the government will eventually be comfortable with using public chains like Akash and Secret Network? Or do you think that these Cosmwasm chains will need to have these um, kind of enterprise chain spinoffs that may, you know, communicate back with the public chain. Yeah, that's a that's a good question in terms of when adoption grows. Uh, I don't think it's necessary. I'm by proof right now that we have government uh, websites running on Akash. But if the government, like the Department of Defense, was going to shift all of its stuff over to something like Akash, I don't know if they would need an enterprise chain. That's that's an interesting question. Thank you so much for stopping by, Whisperno. Thank you for your question. On the the note, I think, you know, know, even if they use public or private chain, it doesn't really matter. The fact that a, a government would be using Akash in secret is the credibility. Right, you get so there's a way to capture value indirectly. Uh, you know, now a caution secret is military grade, right? So it's like uh, I, I think there's a lot of value when it comes to credibility that can that can go a long way. So it doesn't really matter if you're public or private yeah. as long and as and not and not just credibility, just the education that's involved in, in this, the opportunities it gives you to reach those new audiences who do care even more about using public deployments of or more. I, I always say permissionless deployments of all of these technologies. You just you just get so many more cracks at the right stakeholders and the right people to even educate them about the solutions they probably don't know exist. We live in our own bubble a lot of the time in the Web3 space, but you have to remember, so do these people. And the more we can kind of punch away at these silos uh, just, just by launch, and the best way to do that is to show stuff that works, however it works, uh, you know, that punches away at the silo, get people to think differently than they did before about the potential of these technologies and also think differently about what they themselves could build with them. Well, yeah, well said. And then, um, Greg, let's finish off with, um, this person had more of a broader news question, but they did get their question in super bright and early to us. So this was, they say, question to Greg Osuri, any thought on Aptos blockchain? They just recently launched Mainnet. They're run by people that formerly worked at Meta got huge amounts of investing from top tier VCs, which is good and bad at the same time. What are your thoughts and are there any plans to run Aptos nodes and projects on Akash while it's uh, being hyped? I mean, it's, it's, it's very interesting. I'm with the founder and whatnot. It's, uh, uh, I mean, it's just a faster, better Solana, right? Like, so it's a lot of hype. I think, you know, it's, it's uh, that's, really negative part of it. I mean, on when they launched, they were valued at $54 billion in this market. So it's kind of crazy. Um, we like we, we don't really like the hype train because it's too much noise. 
Um, yeah, love to run, uh, you know, after North and Akash. I, I mean, it definitely seems very promising. Uh, I, I really don't know too much to have an expert opinion on it. I haven't paid attention uh, too much into it. I've been super heads down with Mainnet 4 release. So um, I actually don't have any, any uh, you know, credible or any, any, any thoughts that would matter about Aptos, unfortunately. No worries there. Um, all right. Well, guys, we are just about out of time. Thank you so much to Greg, Anthony, and Tor for joining us on Spaces today. And a huge thank you to all of you for joining today or listening to this later on. Um, Anthony, where should we go to follow Moultrie and the latest updates, Moultrie audits and the latest updates? You can follow us on Twitter at Audits Moultrie. You can go into the Akash Discord where we have a channel. Uh, you can visit our website, MoultrieAudits.com, uh, or you can send me an email direct if you got any questions, Anthony Rosa at MoultrieAudits.com. Tor, where should we keep up with the latest Secret Network updates? Please follow this Twitter account. It's a really fun Twitter account. Uh, please also jump into our Discord, chat.scrt.network. The main website's at scrt.network our blog is at scrt.network slash blog agents are at scrt.network slash agents if you are wondering how to get a foothold in the web3 space you have no idea but privacy sounds really awesome to you we have thousands of agents all over the world secret agents who advance this cause of privacy education and they are the best group of people you can ever spend time around. Many of them go on to found companies in our ecosystem, operate validators, join existing DAP projects. They've, they've done so much and we're so proud to have these people calling the secret ecosystem and the broader cosmos as well, their home. So please, if you're interested, if you've just been trying to find a way in and you weren't sure how, we've put a lot of work into making sure that's as easy and as fun and engaging and rewarding as possible. Check out the secret agency program, get in touch with Anybody in our Discord, they can help get you set up and started and stay tuned for Secret 2.0. Awesome. Everyone here, guys, give them a follow. Make sure you keep up with the latest. Um, this has been an awesome spaces with them, and we thank you guys for your time. Um, before we get together next time, though, guys, let's keep in touch um, between the Akash Weekly Spaces. Go sign up for our newsletter at akashnetwork.substack.com. In the about page, Zach's got a link to the blog. Check out the latest post from Anil Murti, head of product. Um, he's got a blog series going. Look out for the next post coming soon. We're also super excited about Mainnet 4. Look out for more content surrounding Mainnet 4 in the next few weeks. Don't forget to head over to Telegram tomorrow, Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, where Blockpain will join us for an AMA with a 300 AKT prize pool for the best questions. Make sure that on Tuesdays, you're hopping over to Discord for quizzes at 8 a.m. Pacific with 200 AKT and rewards and five winners. Join us next week, Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific for our next Akash Weekly Spaces with Greg. Tap that set reminder button as soon as we post it. And go ahead and check out akash.network slash community and find out how you can spread the word about Akash and help this project grow by becoming an Akash insider. Greg, any last thoughts before we say goodbye? No, just uh, super excited. Uh, this is a brilliant conversation. I mean, super excited for uh, for Minute Four coming out, and I first ever IP open IP address marketplace. So keep an eye on it. Awesome! Thank you so much for joining today's event. Thanks one more time to Greg, Anthony, and Tor for spending time with us. It was a great conversation. Thank you guys. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Akash Weekly with Greg Asuri featuring Anthony Rosa and Tor Bear. Recorded on Wednesday, October 19th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. When we blow through the dust, volcanoes erupt. No one ever guessed that the game would be tough. Keep it hands off when the play is a bust. Plain old and just, so we keep it on the one. Blast off on the two. Help me see the three. Third eye open wide, checking out the scene. Laser beam focused, Starscream jokers. Living off the fat of the people they approach. Tell me what happens when the land fights back. With the cliffs at our backs, make the last.
last and matter. No one ever planned for the famine on deck. We was walking all erect with a dead man swagger. Sitting in a little den, envision in the middle men. Listen to the fatal man play a little ditty then. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian. Lost in the maze, trying to make the next bubble billion. Little Dan envisioning the middle men Listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian Lost in the maze trying to make the next No one gave a shit till the drugs all dried up Everybody died from a bad batch of Lysol But it didn't matter we was all hyped up When the pedal hit the metal he just didn't have the right skill Watched in the daytime till the night curfew Rats in a cage till they make time to murk you Got a little job that falls under my purview We gotta get this mob away from the birds view, gotta find cover, wipe off the bird poop, ride off the work while you try on the worst juice, blinded by perps who try to reverse truth, slide like Fox News just trying to lie to you, eating up the slop like a bunch of hungry vagrants, I can't wait for the day they lock us up in stasis, mock up a basement could call me resilient, waiting for the internet to make me a b-b-b-billion. Vision in the middle men, listen to the fiddle man play a little ditty then talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Talk about how all the leaders seem reptilian, lost in the maze trying to make the next billion. Channel spaces.